Priority is a reflection of loyalty. Priority is a reflection of loyalty. My loyalty is to my wife, and that needs to be reflected in my priorities where I spend my time. And for me, it was a non-negotiable that I was going to invest heavily in this relationship in order to invest in my family relationships. And uh, once this was established, and there was no compromise here, I could begin to branch out, if you will, into dealing with the issues of my children, whether it's Joey or the other children as well. I think a lot of parents, and not always just the father, but a lot of parents will find other things to do because they don't want to deal emotionally with all that's going on. They might go to the therapies, they might be hands-on in a number of areas, but then perhaps when they come home, maybe they go to the golf course or maybe they find other things. And you know what? They can be good things. It could even be ministry or it could even be family. And so the, the point is, as a couple, you have to determine, you know, really what are your priorities and how are they going to look? You're listening to the Reframing Ministries podcast, providing help, hope, healing, and humor for people walking through pain. Here's our host, Colleen Swindoll-Thompson. I have a special privilege of speaking with Joe and Cindy Farini. Um, They are parents of three children who are now grown. You'll hear about them in just a moment. But before I start with the interview, I found a couple things that were really interesting, especially for dads. And Joe, I don't know if you're familiar with a lot of this, but I have learned over the years that so many dads are somewhat excluded from the process of raising the child or their special needs young one, either because they're absorbed at work But one of the sadder things that I read that I wanted to share as we start our interview was, um, this was from an article out of Disability Scoop in 2011, and it says, more than 30% of fathers of grown children with autism experience symptoms of depression so severe that they warrant clinical attention. Researchers found that fathers of adolescents and young adults with autism experience high levels of depression and are pessimistic about what their future holds for their son and daughter. And I know last time when Cindy and I spoke, we talked a lot about that for moms and getting me time in, but dads are often the forgotten piece in all of this. And so I'd like to hear from both of you as we start in on how does a marriage stay together when there is a special needs loved one in the family? Another research statistic I I did want to share was that some of the research on marriages, if you have a special needs child, is going to be divorce rate goes up to 80%, which now they're saying is probably not quite as true, which that was great news. Um, They're doing some more research on that. They've done a ton for moms, a ton for caregivers, but not quite so much for dads and for marriages. So I would just love to hear what were some of the top challenges that um, you found are faced and were faced as you were raising Joey? Well, I think we need to start with the reality, Colleen, is that when we all got married, no matter who we are, we all came into this marriage with a set of blueprints. And based upon those blueprints, we set off to build our marriage. 
And those dreams, our aspirations for what our marriage uh, could be, should be, hoped for are on that blueprint. But when we enter into that uh, dynamics of our relationship, a special needs child, that blueprint all changes. And we need to scramble to find a new normal, a new reality for our life. And I think one of the number one threats in marriages with special needs children is the issue of selfishness. And uh, the reality is that uh, we cannot, uh, we cannot ex sometimes accept the reality of uh, this, this is the way life is going to be for us. And so we, had, we start off with these unrealistic expectations of how life is supposed to be. That leads to lack of fulfillment, and that leads to being basically isolated. You isolate yourself even in this relationship with one another. And uh, a guy will go into depression mode because his world is starting to crumble around him at that point. What are some of the other things that you notice in relationships? Some of the things that couples face as they are, like you said, scrambling to find a new normal, they're, a, they're being faced with the fact that their self needs aren't being met, which usually tend to be somewhat selfish and self-directed. The blueprint could be colored with all kinds of stuff from history. What are some things that you both found along with isolation that was very difficult in the young years with Joey? Really for us, so much of it was isolation. People don't, if, if they aren't ones who have a child with special needs, they don't understand why you feel isolated. And the reason that we feel isolated is because we're stuck at home or we're stuck in the doctor's office or we're stuck at therapy. And when I use that word, it sounds rather negative, but there were so many positive things that happened. We met wonderful people and all that sort of thing and gotten great help for our son. But in the midst of that, we were not able to develop some of the relationships that other people were in the process of developing in terms of friendships or even within families. But one of the things, and, and Joe said, mentioned the idea of, coming to a new normal in your marriage. That yes. is such an important phrase. Yes, I like because, that. And I think we hear that a lot in, you know, if, you, if you're divorced, you have a new normal. If you have a death of a spouse, you have a new normal. I think that we can translate that to any life change or any big challenge that we have. But as it relates to one with special needs, you know, this relationship, if it's not working, it's going to be very hard then to put anything into that child who has so many needs. And one of the things I was grateful for, Joe was excellent at engaging with Joey. In fact, right now I'm going through... Um, a process of putting all my photos together, getting rid of a bunch of photos and, and getting them all put together now. When I was going through these pictures of Joey, one of the things that I noticed was that really how much interaction Joe had with him. I knew that back then too, but now it's sort of like, oh, I have the proof. You know, him doing things with Joey even as a baby. And when we would get the therapies yeah. at therapy, what to do at home, Joe was always helpful with that. Um, it wasn't just that I had to do it. Now, I feel like I had a, the greater responsibility because I was at home and I'm thankful that I was able to be at home, that he had a job that allowed me to be at home. That isn't the case for every, every couple. And so we need to be sensitive to that. And 
to really understand that some couples, not only are they going to feel the isolation, and not only are they going to maybe not be able to give as much to their child, but there's going to be other issues too. Well, those issues will vary, obviously, between couples and between, you know, other people. So we have to really, you know, and Joe and I, when we talk with people, we try to be very careful not to say you should do it the way we did it because not everything works just the way we did it, but what we did worked for us. And that I think is an important key for anybody, anyone who's listening to this. The key is what will work for your marriage. And if you're a single parent, what friends, what family do you have that you can have help you in different areas that you need help? Mm -hmm. What about, Time for family fun. How did you incorporate sibling issues? How did you incorporate getting couple time? Because I know in my situation, I was usually talking about, okay, what does Jonathan need next? What therapies does he need? Or what diets is he gonna be on? Or is he on? Or what's working? And then usually a husband will be thinking, okay, this is, hundreds of thousands of dollars and the stress level goes up for the financial situation and and couples tend to grieve and work through that in such different ways how did you find time for family and for fun in the midst of all of that i think a little saying that i've come to learn over the years is that priority is a reflection of loyalty priority is a reflection of loyalty my loyalty is to my wife Okay, and that needs to be reflected in my priorities of where I spend my time. And for me, it was a non-negotiable that I was going to invest heavily in this relationship in order to invest in my family relationships. And uh, once this was established and there was no compromise here, okay, then I could begin to branch out, if you will, into dealing with the issues of my children, whether it's Joey or the other children as right. well. Right. There was, there was uh, not going to be anything that would come in between that relationship from being any way hindered in any way. If I could just throw something in, too, I think a lot of parents, and not always just the father, but a lot of parents will find other things to do yes. because they don't want to deal emotionally yes. with all that's going on. They might go to the therapies. They might uh, you know, be hands-on in a number of areas, but then... Perhaps when they come home, maybe they go to the golf course or maybe they find other things. And you know what? They can be good things. It could right. even be ministry or right. it could even be family. It could be what, church what stuff. Is. Exactly. Absolutely. And so the, the point is, you know, as a couple, you have to determine, you know, really what are your priorities and how are they going to look? One of the things that I was very grateful for, because we've been very active in ministry for all of our marriage, is that Joe allowed for me to be able to use the gifts and the talents that the Lord has given me. And when when I felt that the Lord was having me to do something or perhaps asking me to speak someplace or to do something, you know, we worked together and he never said, you know, you need to be here. You need to do this. We would sort of divide and conquer, and that worked for us. It was kind of like learning a dance, if you will. You yes. know, sometimes when you're learning how to dance, the leader will step on the follower's toes. Or oh, yeah. Foot. I've done that a few times myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
that's okay. You know, you're learning. And we've been married now 33 years. Our son's 31. So we've had a lot of time to develop the dance. Did we learn it perfectly? Are we perfect? No, we're not perfect. But we continue to learn and, you know, sort of smooth off the rough edges of each other. And like I always say, when kids come along, they hack off anything else that's left. And so we just <laughs> including really... hours of sleep. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's that working yeah. together, developing a plan. If you aren't developing a plan, that's something you need to do. You know, how is it going to work for us? And it will look different for every person who's watching this. But what works for you? You know, I love that analogy that Cindy uses with dancing. I mean, you think of uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. I mean, which of the two really looked really good? Well, it was Ginger Rogers, but who made her look that good was Well, I think they Fred both look pretty Astaire. darn good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, but if it wasn't Fred doing his job the way he should have been doing it, it didn't make Ginger look as good. And the same thing in a relationship and marriage is that everybody needs to be doing and taking on their responsibilities. Yes. And if a guy is doing what he should be doing, it makes his wife look real good. And uh, and that's that's so important in a relationship. Joe, it really sounds like you came in with a pretty healthy standard of what is my role as a husband and a father. For those who have not had that experience and maybe their blueprint is to kind of sulk in their emotions or to run and play golf when they get home or to go do other things in order to avoid the reality and the weightiness of stuff. If you were to speak to some of those men, I'm thinking off the top of my head, it sounds like you would say make a priority list and decide what are your priorities going to be. But what other kinds of things would you include in that? Well, first, I, I would back off and say that uh, that wasn't my who I was originally. I mean, maybe it was part of my original DNA, but you know, part of my original makeup was. I mean, I was kind of a Type A guy, and and I was going. I had a goal. I had a huh. whether it be financial in the business world. Uh, I mean, my world was revolving around revolved around sports, and I loved sports, and and. You know, because of some accidents and injuries, I couldn't become all that I had hoped I could be and kind of left that aside. And but, you know, but when my son was born, I had some pretty big dreams for my son. I mean, just yeah. to give you a, rea- a little reality check on this one. When we brought Joey home, we brought him home in a sleeper with Ohio State University written all over uh-huh. it. And he was wearing a baseball cap from the Cleveland <laughs> Indians. From day one. And you know what? There's a lot of men that that feel that way. Their son is going to play ball or their son is going to be what they dreamt of. Exactly. Exactly right. But, you know, within six, nine months, those dreams came crashing down around us when we found out that Joey had cerebral palsy. And uh, at that point in time, I needed to do some scrambling, as I mentioned before, in my head. I mean, the battle is in my mind. You know, that's that's where the battle lies. And so I needed to get my head straight. And unfortunately, I had some some good people around me to help me to do that. And it was very helpful for me. But I really had a difficult time with that, Colleen, initially in, in, in accepting the reality of who he was, because it just didn't fit my matrix of how I thought life was supposed to be. Right. And, um, and so I had to uh, 
either get my head straight really quick or this relationship was going to suffer and my son was going to suffer. And, uh, and I wasn't about to allow that to happen. I, I remember Cindy's father once saying to me, we, uh, he was an avid golfer and uh, fisherman and we were out fishing one day out by his pond. And I remember him saying to me, you know, someday you want to realize that joy is going, is, is going to be a blessing to you. And I remember distinctly saying, I'm sorry, I don't see that right now. And, that's just to kind so of give you an human. idea in terms of where I was. Yes, that's and so, so human. I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, I mean, it's so it was not easy for me to to get to that point of accepting him. But, you know, everybody gets that little fork in the road. Everybody uses that analogy all the time in terms of, you know, which way you're going to go. And I remember one of the elders came to me one long, you know, when Joey was real young, and he made the comment that, you know, God made Joey just the way he wanted him to be made. And I got to tell you, I didn't accept that one too well. Yeah, did it make you mad, kind of? It did. Yeah. Now it's kind of ticked off, you know. Yeah. And uh, but the reality is, was that he was speaking truth, but he didn't speak it in the right way, in a way that I was ready to receive it. But I do go back to that comment and realize that he was right, and uh, and I just had to to get my arms around that thing, and realize that you know Joey is a pretty special guy, and he is to this day my best friend. And I couldn't, my world would be very lonely without Joey. You know, one of the things, Colleen, too, that I feel like a lot of parents miss out, dads especially, miss out when they don't put into the lives of their children. And a lot of dads don't do it for their children who are typically developing, let alone a child who has special needs. And one of the things that I told Joe I was not going to do was I was not going to learn how to do PlayStation, Nintendo, and whatever other things Joe <laughs> how to do way back because I said, I'll never, he's going to want me to play all the time and I am not going to be able to make dinner and get other things done. So Joe really, I mean, from the time Joey was little, he did very well with those things. Really? And so, and because uh, Joe, took, <laughs> yeah, they're very good at it. That's great. Well, actually, when it comes to the PlayStation uh, All Madden 2010 football, yeah, I got to tell you, I, I've gotten pretty good at that. Hey, and, and there you go. Your sports, well, you, you've got your little sports guy I right there with you. Right. That's <laughs> and it. isn't so that, it's, that's part it's of the new normal. normal? That is a new normal. The sports thing doesn't look the way that Joe had thought it would, right. but it took on a different, a different place, a different way, and that's how they connect. And so... You know, someone who's listening today, they might say maybe it's not a video game that that their child and they can do together. Maybe it will be some kind of physical. Maybe it's walking. Maybe it's, um, you know, they have bicycles that that are handicap accessible so that people can can ride them. And so you have to look for what what your child and you can do together. And I just want to step back a little bit because Joe said that he was a type A personality, but he still is. But so am I. <laughs> I love honesty. <laughs> so the two of us, you know, we and we're both, he's not the oldest in his family, He's but he's third born. And there was a 10 year difference between the second and third child. So he's oh, okay. like a firstborn. Yeah. I'm a firstborn. We're type A's. You know, this did not fit our plan. You know, having a son with special needs did not fit our plan. We, we have it all in order, what we think, you know, every, the way it should go. But the beauty, and my mother-in-law used to say this to me. She said, you know, Cindy, God made you an oak, 
but he's going to make you a willow. And I feel like that's what Joe and I, both of us are oaks and we're both driven. We are both type A personalities. We both, we know how to get things done. Right. But we also have learned because of our son, Joey, that we need to be flexible. And, and I'm not saying that we're the most flexible people that we know, because I don't think that we're easygoing and we just go, oh, whatever. But we have learned so much through him and have learned to bend and change our course. And, you know, Joe's much more laid back than I am. I'm more emotional and more high strung. But the the beauty of the relationship generally for most couples is one is one thing, one is the other. Right. And so even back when we were trying to understand and accept things with Joey, you know, we were on our own time frame of when that happened. It didn't just happen. Oh, he's special needs. And we just love him so much that we, we just are fine with that. We weren't, you know, he, he expressed some of the things that were difficult for him. I remember one particular time we were with some, some people and on the way home, I was frustrated. And I said, I cannot believe that that couple has three healthy, beautiful children. And they had, had some issues, let's just say issues and things in their past that could have contributed to having a special needs child. And they didn't. And my husband said to me, he said, you know, imagine if Joey were in that family. And I really, that I think was a turning point for me because at that point I thought, you know what, thank God that he's with us. We're not perfect individually and we're not perfect in our marriage, but we will work at making this work. Yes. And it would have been very difficult for Joey to have grown up in that other family. And we have to be thankful for those kinds of things. What I'm hearing both of you say is that you've made some choices and they're choices that everybody can make. There were choices to either accept or not accept Joey, your son that the Lord put together and put in your family. That was a point of decision. And it sounds like, at times, and it is for me as well, there's an ongoing decision. Am I willing to accept this or am I willing not to accept this? Exactly. And that's a spiritual battle as much as it is anything else. Very much so. Yes, and it's moment to moment. It's some people yes. some people may say it's day to day. I believe it's moment to moment. You know, even all of the stages that our children will go through and that our marriage will go through, they're all places that we get an opportunity to make a choice. Yes. And, you know, I remember when Joey began having seizures, you know, he's mentally retarded and he has cerebral palsy, but we never expected that that seizures would be added to that. That, that just added a whole different dimension than what we already had. And for a lot of people, those things are not evident. They don't, everything isn't just in this package at one time. And yet how gracious of the Lord I know he gives a lot to some people. Right. So some people may have all that at one time in in a child. I have a friend that has two special needs little girls who are totally dependent upon them. And they have their hands very full. And they have a lot of help, but it's still very difficult. Yeah. So every step of the way, we're going to have to make those choices. And I'm thankful that you brought that up because that's a very important thing for people to understand in their marriage and with their children. Right. Another point you brought up, Colleen, was just that this is a spiritual battle as well. And, uh, you know, 
spirit-filled life is absolutely foundational, not just for a strong marriage relationship, but for a strong family, especially yeah. when it comes to us dealing with the special needs child, or in our case, special needs parents as well, because one had Alzheimer's, another one had dementia. And uh, we were dealing with those dynamics as well, the whole time raising Joey up as well. And clearly, I look back on that, the one thing that kept us going was just the, the importance of the spirit-filled life, you know, just realizing how foundational that is to every day of our life. Why don't you, why don't you just quickly explain that so that someone who's listening could really grasp that? If you'd like me to do that, I can, I can do that. Okay, Ephesians 5.18 is the scriptural passage that we use. We talk about the spirit-filled life. And it says, uh, do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And uh, you need to know that the issue here is not drinking. The issue here is one of control. When you get drunk with wine, you become wasted. That's what dissipation means. But Paul's exhortation here, and actually a command, is to be filled with the Spirit. And what we know from the Greek language is that uh, this is an imperative statement. This is a command of God. This is not a suggestion. We also know that it's written what's called the present tense, which implies us to be a continuous action, that we are continually to be filled with the Spirit. And we also know it's, it's written what's called second person plural, which in the Greek language means it's for everybody. So if you are a Christian and, 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 and you are desiring to be in God's will for your life, you need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think the important thing here is that last part of the Greek language tells us this is written in what's called passive voice, which means that the subject is being acted upon by an outside force. And we are the subjects, and God is the force. So it is God who, who, who wants to fill us, but we have that choice, as you said before, the choice of allowing him to take control of our lives. Absolutely critical. And that's fundamentally the reason why I think we can sit here today before you. It's not because we're some great people, but it's because we serve a great God, a God who, who is always there for us and helping us when we need him, and we need him every day of our lives. I need him every uh, single moment. Yes, every single moment. My dad is going to love this interview. Because ah, you're talking <laughs> in the Greek. He's going to be like, woohoo, I love it. <laughs> well, and let me just add, too, that you know, part of the rest of that is that you know when you when you have sinned you confess that sin when you have strayed from God you confess that and the way that you ask to be filled with the spirit is just to say you know fill me with your spirit it's that simple yes. we all make mistakes we all sin we get angry with each other we get frustrated with each other we get frustrated with our kids and so sometimes you know we have to confess our sin one right after the other yep and you know saying to each other and to the lord I messed up. I'm sorry. Please fill me with your spirit that I can be the vessel that you control so that I can be someone that is worthy to be emulated. We want people to we want people to become Christians, but if they don't see something that's worth emulating, then it's not a good example. So. And as it relates to this topic we're talking about, that is foundational to be the parents that our child needs for us to be. Yes. You know, that's critical. Yeah. I mean uh, Joy has taught us so much about the spirit-filled life and being dependent on God. He doesn't even know it, but, uh, you know, it is just amazing how he drives us to the throne on a regular basis. And, it, and we realize that uh, 
it is amazing how they can somehow intuitively know and be aware of the spirit world around us. And um, there have been so many times where John has just said something or referred to something or like just the other day, as a matter of fact, um, Austin was having a hard day and John goes, "Um, hey, Austin, I love you. Remember to think on Jesus all day long. I was like, all they have to do is keep it pretty simple. Huh? I was like, I need to hear that today too. Yeah. I, I think what I'm hearing you also say is um, it's not just a spiritual or it's not just a disability journey. It's a spiritual journey. My belief is that the disabilities, the challenges, the caregiving, the the calls to where we're being selfish, those are all symptoms of the deeper issue, which is that Christ is at work transforming our lives. And he happens to use certain situations in certain people's lives in order for that to occur. And we can choose then. Are we going to choose to allow Christ to address the selfishness that we have, to address the this is not what I wanted to address the type A personalities that we can be. Or for me, sometimes I'm more of an artist. And so having a schedule is sometimes a bit more challenging. And of all the children on the face of the earth, Jonathan needs a very good schedule. And that really challenged me. But I said, Lord, I'm going to need your help in knowing how to do this because it's not a natural thing within me. But then we can refer back to, to Romans chapter seven And Paul's saying, why is it that I keep going back, doing what I don't want to do, when I know what I should be doing? And that's all a part of grace, isn't it? The grace that, okay, I should have been more patient. I couldn't understand what he was saying or what he was needing, and I lost my temper. You know, I need to apologize, say I'm sorry, and ask the Lord, you know what, Lord? I want to live my life in you, and I want to trust you in the situation that's beyond what I really know how to handle. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's interesting, Insight for Living has a series, I was so excited to tell you about this, called Marriage Matters. And I know that you guys do your Marriage Matters program. Um, And it talks all about different aspects of marriage, honoring and forgiving and accepting responsibility and so many other things. We'll put them in our show notes. And we've just redone a thing on Daniel. And what I love about Daniel is that he stood strong despite the obstacles. They weren't disability obstacles, but he kept his eyes on Christ. Are there passages that you both go to very quickly when you are encouraging people in their marriage who are struggling with maybe blame or resentment or anxiety? Are there passages that you say, let me share this with you to encourage you? Yeah. Well, one thing I, I would just say that I'm so thankful that the book of Romans doesn't end with chapter seven, because the, the next verse. I'm so Romans glad it doesn't either. There is no condemnation right. for those right. who are in Christ Jesus. Right. And sometimes parents have special needs kids, they just feel so overwhelmed and feeling unworthy of themselves. Sometimes they just need to be reassured that you, know, you are valued and, and God is, is with you and he's, and he's right there beside you. And, uh, you know, 
Romans 12, 1 and 2. You know, Love that. I urge yep. you not by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, which is your spiritual service of worship. And uh, do not be conformed to this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect in the eyes of God. And, and that, I'll tell you, if you want to get there, have a special needs child will help you get there real quick. <laughs> it's you know, a fast leaving. track, isn't it? <laughs> yep. And you notice it doesn't say by the renewing of your emotions or the yes. renewing of your feelings or the renewing yeah. of your circumstances or the renewing of the people that are bothering you. It's the renewing of your very mind because that is where the transformation that's what I said before. That's where the battle's at. Yes. In the month. Yes. And, you know, I appreciate too, Colleen, that, you, that you've mentioned um, just the importance of the choices that we have and also recognizing that we, we need to have the Lord the center of our life. One verse that I really like is Psalm 138.8, which says, the Lord will accomplish what concerns me. And you've brought up that, you know, what about people who say, you know, why did this happen to me? Or why did this happen to my child? Why did, why does anything happen that's of negative, if you will, negative consequence? Well, it is, it is to draw us closer to the Lord or draw us to the Lord if we don't already know him. And so Psalm 138.8 for me, it, it just says the Lord will accomplish what concerns me, what concerns us. He's not going to use the same things in, for you as right. he will with me. And so we have to be really mindful of that. And another verse is from Philippians. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's who I go to when I'm frustrated, when I'm you know ready to leap over the edge because we all get. In fact, when we're finished with this interview, I have someone who's calling me who is, she says, I just, I don't know what to do next. And you know what? I don't think she even possibly maybe even knows the Lord, but I'm going to draw her to him because that's where we will find our strength. Right. What do you say? Because you all have been married 33 years. I went through a divorce. And so I was one of the statistics of a couple that divorced having a special needs child. I find a lot of parents saying, well, had this child not been our, in our family, we wouldn't have divorced, which I think is playing the blame game. Although I do believe there's a lot of extra pressure. What do you say to couples who just don't make it because of one reason or another? That is a good question. You know, um, some, mar- some marriages are going to fail. That is our human nature. But when it comes to special needs and when it comes to even just working on a marriage, I know that there are, if you will, God has, you know, scriptural reasons for divorce, which we don't need to get into now. But I feel like we have to work so proactively, so intentionally that, you know, we've said when we got married, we had no idea that we'd have a son like Joey, but we said at the very beginning, we are not going to use the word divorce. So we've never thrown that out at each other. Like, you know, I've had it with you. I'm going to divorce you. Right. And we just knew that we were going to stick together no matter what. Now, I'm not saying through abuse and different things like that. There are so many areas where people need counseling 
they need help, they maybe need a mentor. Joe and I are not counselors. We feel like we can help mentor a couple, you know, along life's way. But if you need counseling, then go get it. Go get counseling to help your marriage to be strengthened. What we find happening is it's, it's sometimes it's one simple foolish thing that begins to break down a marriage. It could be an unkind word. It could be a tone in the voice. It could be just a miscommunication. And then at one point, one person says, I'm not going to go there. Or the other person says, I'm not going to go there. And then that begins building this wall. Yes. And then yes. after how many years do you start to say, maybe we need to bring that wall down? Who's going to take the first step? One of you have to make some move to make things right. And not every situation is going to get resolved and perhaps shouldn't get resolved if there's an issue of safety in the home. So, you know, for us, that was our, our issue. We're, gonna, we're not going to divorce. We are going to do everything we can. And you have to work at it every day. Right. We are here to tell you, as we have said to you, we work at it day after day, our marriage and our family. Um, and when we stumble and when we fall, you, we just come back to the Lord and say, Lord, I just need that reset button. And can you help me to get to where I need to be for this next step? It is not easy. And the beauty is that we have 31 years with our son. So we are in a different place right now than some of the young people that I hope are listening to this and saying, wow, you mean maybe someday we could have a marriage that is strong and healthy, not perfect, strong and healthy. If we work at this and it's work. And I think it's much harder when the children are small. And I think it gets a little harder when they go through puberty. And then for us, Maybe it's that we settled in too, but things after that point seem to be better. Okay. They weren't the best. They were better. Well, and again, I think it goes back to our expectations and, um, the, one of the great parts of my own story is that I did remarry in 2009 and, and my husband has so loved and accepted Jonathan. And that's a huge part of any relationship. We apologize often and we apologize quickly. Um, We both ask the Lord to keep us current with our own souls. So when there is something that is somewhat out of kilter, we bring that up and we both have some very good mentors. Um, There are some, there are great books out there on marriage. And just because there's a special needs child, or like for you guys, there was caregiving for parents as well, just because those are there, it doesn't mean that the relationship has to fall. There are so many stories in scripture about hard, hard, hard times. And I'm glad, Cindy, that you you mentioned Philippians, because I have to think, first of all, when Mary was told she was going to have the Lord. That's a rather unusual situation that a type A person probably wouldn't plan on. So there was a change in her plan. And her response that we read about is, may it be as you have said, which is this response of total surrender. And then in Luke and then in Philippians, he says to be of 
like mind to use to remember Christ and his mindset for the joy that was set before him to endure the cross for the greater purpose of what it would result in. And when marriages stay together, it is a greater purpose than if they fall apart and there's a lot of stuff added to the process. Absolutely. Yes. You know, one of the purposes of marriage is to mirror God's image, to be a reflection of who he is. And so it's a daily thing that we keep talking about that uh, daily we need to be reflecting those attributes of God uh, that he has for himself. And clearly one of the best, some of the greatest attributes of God is his unconditional love and mercy that he shows towards us. Yes. So, and, and similarly, in parallel to that is that this is the same way we should be talking to each other and, and interacting with each other. Is that's why one of the reasons why we can say with complete confidence that great marriages are made up of two great forgivers, people who are willing to forgive, so true. Yes. And show mercy towards one another. Yes, of course. My mom has always said a good marriage is also made up of two people who love the outdoors. That's <laughs> 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 so they just take a walk every now and uh, yeah. then. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for saying that's that. That's good. One. That works. Uh, if I could just add that, um, you know, if you're married now, work as hard as you can at the marriage that you have, because if you go into a second marriage, then you have a new set of circumstances that you're going to have to work on those those issues. But if you are in a second marriage, then work diligently at that marriage to make that work. And what a blessing that you have a husband who was willing to embrace your son with special needs. That is a gift that, that God gave you. But to so many people out there, if, if that is their situation, that's a blessing because, you know, it's frustrating for us many times to deal with a son that has special needs, especially when he's not understanding us and he's mad and he's you know, he's six foot four and he's acting like a two-year-old. You know, it can be frustrating. That's one heck of a tantrum. Yes. 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 So when, <laughs> when we see those things, we just have to realize we have to work together. And when, when you enter into a second marriage, the blessing of the gift that that is to work with that child, because the more that we can work together, the better that child will be in the long run, because they have so much to overcome, and yet they have so much to give us, too. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me a few of the things that you all do to encourage marriages as well before we close. Well, if we could just me mention our book, um, we have a Facebook page that's called Unexpected Journey, and Joe and I authored this book, and it's about special needs, caring for children, and also caring for our parents too. And so we have a Facebook page that says Unexpected Journey. We'd love for people to come there. We, I, and don't you have a Facebook page for Marriage Matters? We do. It's called My Marriage Matters. One of the things that um, I think is helpful is that when we just get little bits of encouragement from someone who's been there, you know, people who say, you know, you're going to get through this day who have never dealt with a special needs child, they, we don't really take that for so much of what it might be worth because they never were in our shoes. But when someone who knows what it's like 
says a word of encouragement to you, it really is like a nice cold glass of water. So we would welcome people at Unexpected Journey on Facebook. Your book Those is are great. Two things that are, thank, thank you so much. Thank we, you. we really, it was a hard thing for us to want to write this book, Absolutely. but we are finding that it's it's sort of scratching an itch, if you will, in uh, for a lot of people who are in the special needs category. And we feel like the book is pretty raw. We did not just say, you I know, God it. is good yeah. and life is wonderful because you love Jesus. You know, <laughs> we love Jesus, but life is not always wonderful. Right. And so in our book, we do not sit back and make you wonder what our life is like. We tell you all about it. Some vacations that we have called vacations from hell because it's not always pleasant um, when your kid has a meltdown in the middle of somewhere that you're trying to enjoy. <laughs> and then you're the lucky you like you are freako parents and you just okay, I'm gonna say to my humanness, I just wanna just kind of slug them for a minute, but then I'm like, okay, now I have two problems. Now I wanna hit someone and I have a problem with my attitude. Okay, Lord, you have so much work on me, it's it's never ending. See what we what we do is we just step back while our son is moving about just to make sure he's safe. <laughs> And we look around like, whose kid is that? I've done the same thing. Who let their son here? Ooh, Who knows who's Those parents. parents. I think that's hilarious. Well, you two, it is such a joy to talk with you. And Joe, for men, is there a way to get a hold of you so they can just talk with you about some of the things that may be on their heart? Absolutely. We'd love to do that. Just use the same Facebook uh, at uh, My Marriage Matters or Unexpected Journey. And uh, they can always send a private email as well using those websites. And I would love to be able to engage with any guy that uh, would like to do that. And one thing, if they just go to joefarini.com or cindyfarini.com, they can email us through our website. Thank you. That'd be great. Any parting words before we go? I would just want to say thank you for allowing us this opportunity because I feel like um, the special needs community, there will never be enough to meet the needs. And so this, I, I pray that this will be used to benefit families and couples. And I'm just thankful that we can do this together. We enjoy what we do. We're thankful for what we get to do. And we just want to thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for the privilege. It's a great honor for us to be here with you. And, you know, think back 31 years ago, there was nothing like this. I mean, our schools didn't have anything for special need kids even back 31 years ago. But now I'm just so thankful for folks like yourself who are just stepping up and just sensing that calling of God to uh, make the, the needs more known to people. So thank you so much for all that you do. Well, you're Appreciate welcome. It. It's it's because the Lord is a part of transforming my life. And I want other people to know that only, only by Christ am I able to take the next step and the next step and the next step. And it sounds like it's pretty similar for you guys as well. Yes. So yes. thank you so much. I hope people you. tune in. I hope you guys have a wonderful thank afternoon. Thank you, you so you much. Too, Thanks, Colleen. All right. We'll talk to you soon. You can find the show notes and referenced resources in the podcast description or on our website, reframingministries.com. If you were impacted by today's discussion, I would be so thankful if you rated and reviewed the podcast, share it on your social media and with friends who you think would be encouraged by it. 
You can email me personally at reframingministries at insight.org. If you'd like to be updated on Reframing's activities and content, please feel free and subscribe on our website. Thank you again for joining us today at Reframing Ministries. If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know in the comments on our website. Our desire is to provide biblical help, hope, healing, and humor for people walking through unique and challenging segments in life. And in order to provide for more people, we'd love your support through prayer, sharing this content with friends, and partnered support. Reframing Ministries and Insight for Living Ministries operate entirely and only on your generous gifts and donations. You can partner with us and donate to Reframing Ministries through our website. The Reframing Ministries podcast is a production of Insight for Living Ministries.